Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the football podcast. Everybody's here, and we're talking football, which is convenient. We've got quite a few games to go through from last week. There's five games, I think. Uh, less games to go through for this week. But uh, yes, plenty of football going on. Before we start, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave us a review. Uh, ideally, five star, but you know, five, five star, yeah. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, yes, it's that unmistakable sound, ladies and gentlemen. The good lady is indeed correct. Or am I allowed to say that anymore? I don't know if she might. I don't know. Um, Yes, welcome along. It is your weekly fix of football-based nonsense from a Middlesbrough, Hull and Nottingham Forest perspective. I'm joined, as always, by the leader the Cookie Cast Podcast Network. Mr. Andrew Cook, how are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. A little cold there? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. We uh, we, we we persevere. We, we, we try our hardest on this podcast to uh, bring you the content you need, ladies and gentlemen. I'm joined by our Nottingham Forest correspondent, Mr. Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Good. Yeah, good, good. No cold there. No cold there. <clears throat> Excellent. And finally, rounding out the uh, the magnificent quad, I can't think of what the, the phrase would be, quadrant, no, that's 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 definitely wrong, four-piece, making our fatal four-way is indeed Hull City's finest, Stuart Woodmansey, how are you, sir? I, I'm, I'm with Andy this week, I uh, am keeping up the, the cold contingent, so it's 50% snot-based this week is the... Uh, there's your tagline, Andy. Which which is impressive, as it's normally me that's got something wrong with my face. So it's uh, strange to be in the minority. <laughs> so yes, um, we opened with last week's games, and we started with a game that took place in the Premier League, in the capital, no less, where Tottenham Hotspur took on Nottingham Forest. How did this one shake down Mr Moore? Uh, how did it shake down? It, it shook down, I think, as most, uh, the majority of the podcast predicted. Um, I, I think it's, what, it's one of those games where you didn't expect much from it and uh, they didn't get a whole lot from it either. Um, apart from further evidence that Ryan Yates might be the player that makes the team tick. Which is not something you would like again. We said it last week. <clears throat> I said it again this week. Um, it's not something you would have said in August, August, July. Where was the, when did the season start? It feel like ages ago. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> it got off to a bad start. Uh, Harry Kane scored early. Um, yeah, got a second from a penalty. I think uh, I want to say a penalty. 
feel like one of them was a penalty. Uh, Son got the third one. Um, late consolation on about 86 minutes. Joe Worrell's getting one for Forrest. Um, they did get a penalty in added time, only for considering he was signed after the deadline day on a free because he didn't have a club. Andre Ayew, who seems to be getting way too much time in the t- in the team, I don't know. I, I think he played for Cooper at Swansea, and there just seems to be too much of a love in with him. Um, I, I I wish he wasn't playing. To be honest, whenever I've seen him come on, he just runs around. Like Doesn't seem to really create a whole lot. Um, gets everybody really really crossed. I mean the Forest. If if anybody does have some spare time, please go onto any of the Forest social media sites. It's hilarious. It's either the usual Forest fans going absolutely nuts about strange decisions, but then since we've signed three Brazilians in since January, a shit ton of Brazilian fans going mad as to why Forest aren't playing the Brazil players and will deserve to go down if uh, if any of them are not playing so yeah it's that's if you if you want a nice like kind of half an hour to waste uh, just read comments translate them from uh, Portuguese and just have yourself a good old laugh at the fact that um, also Scarpa translated from Portuguese is the shoe so uh, that's that's uh, always uh, an excellent kind of uh, thing but yes 3-1 loss oh yeah and then to compound things uh, Brennan Johnson got injured uh, and Steve Cooper is playing his usual game of he might be playing, but he might not be. Ooh, I don't know. Let's keep everybody on their toes now. Um, so, yeah, there's that as well. You don't love it. You don't love it. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like we're not that far off in coming to a preference in the build-up to the next game. Three cups and the, a picture of the fit striker in the middle one and then him just going... Whoosh, 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 <laughs> Where is the fit striker this week? <laughs> well, it, it's basically the Steve Cooper's adopted the approach of the questionable designation from the ESPN fantasy app that uh, that we all we all love and uh, and uh, really find helpful. Game time call is the uh, the usual kind of note that's next to it. So, from a predictions perspective. Andy, of course, had gone for a 2-0 Nottingham Forest win with Johnson and Gibbs-White to score, so sadly gets himself zero points. Mr Woodmansey had just gone for a 2-1 Spurs win, so he gets himself a point for the year for the result. However, he had Johnson to score for Nottingham Forest, so he doesn't get himself any bonus points there, but he did have a, he did have a point each for a goal from Kane and from Son, so he gets himself three points from that one game. Me and Mr. Mordo, we must have had the old uh, crystal ball out. Must have uh, must have seen something in the uh, in the offing as we'd both taken a 3-1 Spurs victory. We had both also taken Kane to score two and Son to get one. So we get two points for the correct score. Three points for the scorers. Sadly, neither of us picked, picked Worrell to score for Nottingham Forest because, let's be honest, why would we? I would. <laughs> I mean, I'd gone out there with Serge Aurier, so I was like, I mean, you were in the right area of the pitch at least. I'd gone for um, Chris Wood, and it, it could 
literally be the time it takes for a tree to grow until that guy comes good. Um, so yes, myself and Matt had five points each from that one game. Stu with three, Andy yet to get off the mark after the first game. The second game of the week took place in the West Midlands, where Coventry City took on Hull City. Now, how did this one play out, Mr. Wilson? Uh, well, the overall the final score was Coventry 1, Hull City 1. Um, nothing really much happened in the first half. Uh, another good Carl Dallow performance. Um, Oscar's fourth goal against Coventry this season. Estepinian scored on 50 minutes. Uh, it was made himself a little bit of space after a knockdown and Robbins so yeah good looking goal uh, Godden scored on 71 minutes for Coventry to even up and, and by absolute contrast it was a scuff that hit shin into the ground and between the keeper's legs so it was a bit of a Bit of a messy uh, equaliser, but counted on the left. The downside is that Oscar was only on the pitch um, because Tete, after his first goal for the club last week, pulled his hamstring in the first half this time. So, unfortunately, Tete is now out for about six weeks minimum. Uh, but yeah, on the road could be worse. We didn't lose, so uh, uh. Uh, time. So, sorry, not, not not to put too fine a point in it, but did you just technically say Tete is out there? Um, uh, it's a good time for everybody, apart from Hull City. I mean, Tete's are out of action, which is you know, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a harsh reality that we all have to face at some point in our existence. So this you, you might you might uh, you might start to see a pattern emerging here, ladies and gentlemen. Predictions wise, Andy had gone for a two 0 away win. Um, he had Tete to score, sadly. That won't be happening, potentially for the rest of the season. But he did have Estepinian to score. So bagged himself a little bonus point right there. Mr. Moore had gone for a 2-1 Coventry win uh, with Gyukuresh to get both of the goals for Coventry and Tete to score for Hull. So double uh, double disheartenment for, uh, for Mr. Moore there. No points. And the guy he picked to score, probably done for the season. Again... Some of us got this one spot on. Myself and Mr. Woodmansey peeked into the crystal ball and, and uh, picked a 1-1 draw on this one. So bag ourselves two points for the correct result. Sadly, that is where our picking ability ended as we both had Giyukaresh to score for Coventry. I had Tete to score for Hull. Mr. Woodmansey had Doherty to score for Hull. So sadly, no points extra for goal scorers there. Um... So two points for me, two points for Stu, no points for Matt, one point for Andy. We move on 
to our third game of the week. And it's another one of these anomalies where even though it's the English Football League, we have a game that took place in Wales, in Swansea, no less, where Swansea City took on my team, Middlesbrough. Uh, this one started in a, in a sort of a similar vein to a couple of the, a couple of games under Michael Carrick, sadly for Middlesbrough. In uh, started slow, um, were punished early on for that slow, sluggish start when uh, a shot came across the box, uh, ricocheted off one of the defenders, fell nicely into the path of Joel Piro, who managed to sneak the ball into the net to give Swansea a 1-0 lead at the start of this one. Stay that way until half-time, um, just into the second half, um, but it turned on the, uh, turned on the gas, decided to, uh, to, to start playing in the game. Uh, and Aaron Ramsey picked up the ball, had a, had a run at the uh, the back line of the Swansea team. Um, got a bit lucky with the break of the ball, but managed to keep it under his under his spell. And then managed to find a shot across the keeper that managed to find the side netting. Good finish. Um, the second goal looked like it potentially could have been ruled up for offside, um, but on a on a replay, I think the uh, the lines were uh, were ran pretty well. Uh, by Cameron Archer, who latched onto a, a looping ball over the top just to head past the Swansea goalkeeper for 2-1. Uh, and then just to round out the game, uh, Riley McGree was, um, I want to say, clumsily fouled in the box. It was one of the worst tackle attempts I've ever seen um, from a footballer, um, from Latter Baudier. Um bringing down Riley McGree and uh, up steps everyone's favourite championship top scorer. That's right. Shoot was at it again, ladies and gentlemen. Stuck the penalty away for his 22nd goal of the season uh, and put the uh, the lovely finishing touches, the the cream on top of the sponge, if you will, for a, lo- a lovely 3-1 Middlesbrough win. <clears throat> now, I know what you're all thinking. It was Swansea, therefore... Everyone must surely have been thinking it's got to be a guaranteed away win, and that is what everyone thought of the predictions. As um, both Stu and Andy had gone for two nil, um, with uh, Archer and Akpom to score the goals, so managed to get themselves three points apiece there. Um, myself and Mr. Moore had gone for one two, so we'd given Swansea a goal, even though. No Swansea team, no Swansea supporters are in the room. So we didn't even need to give them a goal. But we did anyway. We both had gone for Piro to score for Swansea. So get ourselves a bonus point there. I had taken McGree and Ramsey to score. So sadly, don't even get the half point for the penalty. So technically he had the assist. We don't count those on the podcast. Whereas Mr. Moore had gone for Akpom and Archer to get the two goals. So he gets himself two bonus points there. So for that particular game, Lots of points, lots of points for that one. Myself, Stu and Andy, three points. Mr. Moore, four points for that game. Lovely. Two games left to go through. And the first of which was my team again, Middlesbrough, taking on Stoke City. Uh, This one was live on the old Sky Telebox. And um, was Middlesbrough's chance to, to really sort of cement the uh, the attack on Sheffield United in second place as Sheffield United dropped points on Saturday 
losing at home to Luton, whilst whilst Borough were picking up that, that those uh, valuable three points against Swansea. Um, so they knew that if they won, they would close the gap to Sheffield United to three points. Uh, sorry, to one point. Um, with them still to play this week, um, and the game opened in a very positive manner. Um, Chuba Akpom got the goal. Um, it was another break by um, Ryan McGree. Um, got the ball on the right side of the box. Cut the ball back, uh, and Chubes just slammed the ball home for the opening goal. Interesting stat. Um, it had been brought up at the weekend that the next goal that was scored by Middlesbrough at the Riverside would be the 1,000th goal scored at the stadium since it opened in 1995. So, Chu Brackpom makes himself, uh, puts himself in the history books there twice in the same season. He was the first first Middlesbrough striker to get more than uh, 20 goals in a league uh, in a league campaign since 1989. And the owner of the 1,000th goal in the Middlesbrough shirt at the Riverside. Sadly, they weren't able to hold that advantage through till half-time, as Kiana Hoover, on uh, what could be described as the hot streak of a lifetime, um, managed to increase his career tally to three goals, considering that he got two in his last outing against Blackburn, on Friday night of the week before, um, poor defending uh, from Ryan Giles let the ball bounce over him. Uh, didn't, didn't wasn't able to get back in to uh, to track Hoover, uh, and then poor goalkeeping from Zach Stefan allowed the ball to go kind of underneath him, through him. Not the best goalkeeping. Um, and from there, Middlesbrough really weren't in the game. To be honest with you, Stoke probably should. Probably should have taken the squad again and taken all three points, but thankfully they didn't. Um, but there was two really good saves from Zach Stefan making up for the, uh, for the goal that he let in, um, which was obviously a positive for him. Uh, but sadly, we weren't able to capitalise on that, uh, the fact that Sheffield United was still to play. So they only cut the gap to second place to three points as opposed to so from a predictions perspective a lot of positivity in this one sadly three of us were incorrect that was indeed myself Mr Moore and Mr Cook who had all taken home wins myself 1-0 with at pumps I was very close I say very close it was a half away from getting a correct score so not that close at all Uh, 1-0 at pumps I get myself a bonus point for the goal scorer Matt had taken 2-1 uh, with Akpom, Ramsey and Gale to score for Stoke. Um, so he gets himself a point for the Akpom goal. Uh, Mr Cook had taken 2-0 Middlesbrough, but also taken Force and Archer to score the goals. Bit of a worrying stat, but obviously Archer's goals are all coming away from home. Um, so I think it might be that, that sort of thing where he just needs to he just, he just needs a, he just needs a goal at home to, to sort of like the old blue touch paper so he's like you know off the mark. See how he gets on. Mister uh, Mister Woodmancy, however, had gone for a two-two draw on this one, so manages to get himself a point for the result, not the score. 
He also had Akpong to score for the Borough, along with McGree, and then Gale and Smallbone to score for Stoke City. So he gets himself two points for that one. Our final game of the week took place in the location that Mr. Woodmanty happens to find himself currently, and that was Hull City versus Burnley. Now, not to uh, not to pull back the curtain or anything, this this game may or may not have just finished within the last ten to fifteen seconds. Um, how's it gone, Mr. Woodmanty? Uh, probably is uh, the answer to that Holy. question. Holy would be the uh, understatement. Uh, final score was Hull City, Hull City 1, Burnley 3 was the score. Um, Hull looked pretty good for the first 25 minutes. Burnley didn't really know what to do them. And it worked out. And then we were pretty much screwed on it. Uh, pressure was building towards half-time. Um, a long ball came out to the right wing for Burnley. Uh, Calamelda went to jump to header it. Uh, Teller decided to put him as he jumped to the ball and got away with it. Ball falls through to Teller. He goes and whacks it in the bottom right-hand corner. Carl Dallow had absolutely no chance for 1-0. Um, it was that way until half-time. And then... Three, basically, except for... <laughs> Burnley just scored more. It was enough. So, <laughs> uh, Teller actually completed his hat-trick on 59 and then 73 minutes. And the last, pretty much last kick of the game... Ozan Tufan, man signed with so much promise and then seemingly ate so much food, um, has not really done a lot of football, <laughs> did some football. So there's a technical description for you all. Yeah, he scored with pretty much the last kick of the game. It might be his first goal since that goal against Bradford <laughs> that um, it's been a while. It's been a long while, but yeah. Hull. So, not the not the uh, not the perfect result. I did hear during the uh, during the commentary during the game actually. It did say that the that Hull had been on a on a pretty decent run, and I believe that was their first loss at home in eight. Yeah. In the previous seven, I think in the last, in the last sixteen games, they've only they, well they've lost four, so they haven't won technically the other seventy-five percent of the games. But still, for for a team that is now solidly mid-table, it's, it's not the worst ever. The, the, the building blocks are in place, which I think was the point of this season. So, God, you can't. Yeah, I, I think it's always that thing, isn't it? You know, obviously, no one ever wants to see their team lose, but there's certain games where you you kind of just—I don't even want to say just like take the loss, but there's certain games where you feel that if you can get a point out of it, it's a positive 
it's a positive point. I think this would, would definitely fall into that category. You know, you play in a team at the top of the league and have lost, what, two or three games all season? They're pretty much romp into the title. There, they'll be at least 15 points clear of Borough third now, I think. So you're talking with less than 10 games to go, in theory, if the, if the games go their way, they could have automatic promotion wrapped up in the next four games, potentially. Well, if, um, if, if, if Burnley could get their accountant to do the uh, league, maybe they'd be uh, 65 points clear at this point. In time. They're, <laughs> they're not far off the 65. They're 19 points clear of uh, Middlesbrough in third. 19? Yeah. So there's only 27 points left to play for. So they've got nine uh, games left. So that's yeah. Within the next four games, they could be up potentially. Um, Borough do have to play Burnley, but at this point, Bur- like Borough aren't looking at Burnley. They're looking at Sheffield United in like a sort of a things they could catch situation. So um, yeah, I mean from Hull, obviously. They only need another sort of five or six points to, to get them to 50, I think. Um, and then you'd imagine they'd probably be safe. Um, I think at one point there was maybe an argument they could have a late push for the playoffs, but that seems to sort of have been killed off with the, um, that result tonight. Only picked up a point at the weekend. So, yeah, you'd imagine they can just play in for next season at this point. Um, from a predictions perspective, um, Captain Positivity for the week, um, Mr Cook, had gone for a 1-0 home win with Longman to score the goal. Uh, sadly, no points there. The rest of us had gone for Burnley wins. I went 2-1 to Burnley with Estepinian to score for home, Cullen and Teller to score for Burnley. So I do manage to get a bonus point there for the goal scorer. So two points for myself. Uh, Mr Woodmancy had gone for... 3-0 Burnley, so almost saw this one on the cards. Uh, he'd gone for a goal each from Cullen, Barnes and Teller. So managed to get himself a bonus little point there, so that's uh, two points for Mr Woodmansey. He's at it again though, so it's, it's the second game of the week that he's, pre- he's predicted spot on, ladies and gentlemen. Well done Mr Moore, going for a 1-3. Um, Estepinian to score for Hull, sadly no points there. Obafemi, Zaruri and Teller score for Burnley, so it does get himself a bonus point as well for goal scoring, so three points there for Mr Moore. So, all that does, weekly points, is Andrew, not his best week, four points, but he's still points on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Mr Woodmansey can find himself unlucky to have finished in third and have scored 12 points for the week, which is outrageous. Um, even more outrageous is the fact that we have a joint first place for the week, and that me and my, me and Mr. Moore both got both bagged thirteen points for the week. So unfortunately, it's that it's that result that the Americans hate. It is a tie, but it's thirteen points. So let's be honest, it's 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 more than we could have ever dreamed of. But you know, a couple of correct score lines in there for both of us. A very positive week from a predictions perspective. So, 
that brings us on to the week in hand, which is week 31 of the prediction season. And we start on a Friday night with a live fixture in the Premier League where Nottingham Forest, in a reverse of the opening game of the season, take on Newcastle United. This obviously is Mr Moore's team, therefore he will give his prediction last. Um, I do have my prediction written down here, but I'm not going to give mine first. And instead, I'm going to go to Mr Andrew Cook for a positive start. Uh, positive as ever, 2-0 to the Forest. Um, there's been uh, some controversy uh, at Cook Towers this evening as... Uh, a collection of people who will remain nameless decided to inform me that all of my goal-scoring picks were injured for the week, so I've had to scramble, and I've ended up with Surridge and Gibbs White. Interesting. Interesting. I'll jump in now. I've gone... 1-1. Forest have a decent home record. Newcastle are kind of in a bit of a slump at the minute. I know they won at the weekend against Wolves, but it wouldn't beat Wolves, let's be honest. Um, so I've gone for a 1-1 draw, and obviously, old boy rule fully in effect. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of take your pick, this one, because there's loads of them swimming around in the, uh, in the Forest team. Um, but I have gone for Wood to score for Forest. I've also gone for Isak to score for Newcastle. Mr. Woodbutty, what have you got down for this one? Um, I also have one more draw. I also have Wood. And Sorry, what about your prediction? As last week, I picked Small, but it seems I picked Small, but I figured I had to go the opposite. And pick Longstaff for Newcastle. So, I mean, that joke would work so much better if you know he was decent. I guess, but very nice of you to tell us uh, that you've. Uh, we should know. Got wood. Um, anyway, um, Mister Moore. How will this one pan out? You were uh, you, you seem to be uh, shaking your head and uh, feeling a little bit um, down about this one. Dare I say? I just it's it's one it's like a perfect storm, isn't it? You know, it's like oh, Forest are good at home, Forest are good at home. I I always dread not that it happens very often living up here when Forest play Newcastle and doing the the job that I have always leads to. Smart Alex telling me how terrible my team is because they dared to watch the te- watch their team once every so often um, just so they could take the mickey out of me. Uh, but I've gone... but So, on top of that, there was a stat that I saw today that Forrest have never beaten Newcastle in the Premier League, which is one of those ones that is like, yeah, but how many games have we actually played against them in the Premier League? Because it's been a long old while since we've been there. So, But it's like, Nine Newcastle got nine wins and it's three draws or two draws or something like that. Um, uh, that's that's a long way of me. And then I couldn't quite work out what Chris Woods. Um, what's the deal with Chris Woods as well though? Because it was obviously initially a loan, but then it's turned into a permanent deal. 
So I'm not quite sure. I didn't think about that. Damn. What, what that, what, what the, what the stipulations of that is? If it's turned permanent, <laughs> it should be allowed to play. But if it's still a loan agreement till the end of the season, then he can't. <clears throat> but I've not seen any mention of him not being allowed to play or him not. But but yeah, that that was just ramblings of of somebody desperately kind of avoiding the fact that they predicted Newcastle to win two one against Forest. I think a home loss is coming sooner rather than later, and maybe it's going to be this one. Goal scorers: uh, Morgan Gibbs White for Forest and Almiron and Willock. Newcastle. Very nice. Before we move on, I am just going to have a quick check to see if he is eligible to play. Let's have a look. Let's go for the old Forest website, shall we? See if it says anything on there. Cooper, we've got to give everything. Do, did I did I see something that uh, Steve Cooper has been uh, questioned about another job prospect? He, um, this it, he's been linked to the Spurs. That's what I saw as we started uh, recording. Thing, but then he's kind of he's. I mean, he he was asked it about a week ago, and he gave a very definite answer of no I don't want to leave kind of thing and not like the woolly kind of hark back to this kind of like a about a year ago well however long ago like the when Wilder was asked about Burnley he gave a really woolly answer about you know kind of oh you know it's always nice to be linked to this. and Steve Cooper was just like no I like being at this club they really welcome me they welcome my family I want to I want to stay here for as long as I possibly can kind of thing you know and if the spuds did come and ask to, if permission to um, to to come for him, um, uh, they'll uh, you, you know you, his head might be turned, but I don't know. I don't think he's a, a Spurs manager. Um, I have an answer for you, Paul. Yes, I've also just found this. So it's so, not going to happen. The head coach also confirmed that Chris Wood will be missing through the injury he also picked up against Spurs. Right, so I feel that's only right then that myself and Mr Woodman see get to pick again. Not only not only that, but the loan thing is still in effect because whilst the permanent deal has been triggered, that doesn't become active until next season. So even if he wasn't injured, he wouldn't be playing. Um, uh, so in that, in that regard, um, put Gibbs White down for me. Uh, I'm going to put down, even though he missed a penalty at the weekend, probably won't get anywhere near the game, I'm going to go for Dennis. No idea why, probably won't happen. Everyone will be uh, sorry that he voted his name. Our next game of the weekend sees Middlesbrough take on Preston North End in a reverse of Michael Carrick's first game in charge. Uh, obviously, this is my team, so I will go last. Um, so, let's go to Stu for your prediction for this one. Uh, I will go with the classic, now classic, 
Borough scoreline for this season and go with 3 1. Interesting. Uh, goal scores? For Preston, Robert Brady, former Hull player who used to be called Robbie but seemingly prefers his Sunday name these days. Um, and I've gone for Akpom for one and get that touch paper out because I've gone for Archer for two. Two? Wow, interesting. Uh, Mr Moore? I've gone for a one-all draw. Goal scorers? Well, I mean, the Borough one's pretty obvious. I've gone for Tuba. We're definitely convinced of them all. The, the Borough one's going to be obvious. And you're going to give, like, Ryan Giles or something like that. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> and... Uh, do uh, Cannon. Mr. Cook? Uh, just a standard 2-0 to the Borough for me. Uh, I've decided to give Tubes the week off, so it'll be uh, Fours and Archer. Fours and Archer, interesting. So, just me left to predict. And I have agreed with one of you. I have also gone for Middlesbrough's favourite scorer at the moment, 3 1. Um, I feel this will be, uh, he'll, 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 he'll have the boys ramped up after uh, dropping points against Stoke uh, in their previous game. And the fact that Sheffield United have beaten Sunderland this, uh, this week. Um, to extend their lead over third place to six points, which is annoying, as um, Sunderland can't do anything right, those stupid twats. Um, so, I've gone for Akpom, Archer and McGree to score, forgetting, of course, that Archer does fall into the old boy category, as he had a loan spell at Preston last season. I had always won. Uh, and I agree with Matt, and I've also gone for Cannon to score for Preston. That leaves us with one game left to predict for the week, and it sees Reading take on Hull City. Now, obviously, it's Mr. Woodman's team, so we'll come to him last. Um, I'll ask him a little side question for whilst he's waiting to give his prediction. And that side question is this, Mr. Woodman's which team member of Hull will the stadium announcer decide to pronounce completely incorrectly this time as the last time I believe you were in in person for that game um, apparently you you found out that Craig Fagan was playing for you at some point (laughs) (laughs) it was the one that always got me was back in the day when it was on FIFA and we had a, a, a an absolute unit of a guy up front called Delroy Facey. So that's a blast from the past for any any City fans listening. Um, <laughs> but, but they couldn't really grasp the fact that it, it, it was spelled F A C E Y and pronounced Facey. They must have looked at the list and thought, oh, this this guy's got a bit of continental flair about him." So every time that you played the game as Hull City. 
and took a shot, the commentator went, fuck her, um, which sounds <laughs> great in an audio form. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. Uh, I've gone for Hull to bounce back from their defeat to Burnley this week with a 2-1 away win. Reading are in all sorts of trouble at the moment. <clears throat> and I think that Hull will add to that particular uh, pain, shall we say. Um, old boy rule, definitely in effect. So I've gone for Ince to score for Reading. And then I've gone for Estepinian and Traore to score for Hull. Uh, Mr Cook, what have you got for this one? I got to a point where I felt like I was giving too many 2-0 uh, predictions and just uh, just picking home side players. So I decided to mix it up and go with a 1-2. Reading 1, Hull 2. Same as me. Uh, goal scorers? Uh, Carroll. Mm. For Reading. Uh, Estepinian for Hull. Um, I, had to, uh, I had to pull my titties out with him being injured and go with uh, the classic Longman. Long man in the book. Um, interesting on your Carol pick. I didn't see at the weekend that he was in a bit of a bit of a ding dong with um, the defender of, I believe, Millwall was in Reading played at the weekend. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, was getting a bit elbowy in his in his play. So the uh, the Millwall guy, in, uh, is, you know, instead of just shrinking like some defenders would. Decided to uh, wait for the next play and then basically just absolutely clatter him in the face back. Uh, and then just continue to do that for the rest of the game. So, well played. I want to say Charlie Cresswell. I don't know if it was you, but at some point Andy Carroll got at least two or three elbows in the face. So, funny. Um, Mr Moore, what have you got for this? I've gone for nil one hull. Nil I. Goal scorers, well, I say goal scorers, your goal scorer. I'm going for old Oscar. Old Oscar, old Butch Oscar. Go on then, Stu, how is it going to pan out? I know what you're thinking. It's the last prediction of the podcast, so in for the big finish, yeah? Nil-nil. <laughs> Colbert. Any particular reason? Yeah, because uh, they've just had their pants pulled down by Burnley and Reading are crap. <laughs> oh, ever the optimist. You've got to love it. You've got to love it. Got to love it. It's the style of content that keeps you coming back. Be- before before we, we move towards the, the wrap-up, I did want to ask, do you know... Who was the first team Middlesbrough beat 3-1 this season? And how many games have finished 3-1 to Borough this year? Oh, did... Was it under Carrick? Uh, I don't know when he started, so I can't tell you. Uh, His first game was the Preston game. Rough day. (laughs) Because they're playing Preston this week. October? Uh, then yes, it will have been. Before then? Uh, no, it would have been 
under Carrick because it wasn't until uh, I know November. Beaten, I know they've beaten. I think they've beaten the uh, Wigan, but I think that was four-one or four-nil both times. So I will guess at Blackpool away. Um. Just having a little flick through from what I saw, the first time Middlesbrough won 3-1 this season was uh, away at Hull City. I was there. <laughs> um, and how many how many times have uh, they won by that scoreline this season? It's like four or five, I think. Six. So, that, <laughs> that's just an insane amount of games to finish the same score. And... So there's there's six of those, and then you factor in the fact that they've had two four four nils or four ones against Wigan. So, yeah, exciting times, and I'm pretty sure. They I mean, the, the, the stats don't lie. If it wasn't for Burnley and Sheffield United, you'd be top. So uh, yeah, exactly. Just take those two shit out things out, and <laughs> uh, and they beat Wigan five nil the other week. So it's all uh, it's all it's all looking rosy at the minute for the Borough. Um, that'll all come crashing down to earth when someone comes in the uh, summer and poaches carrick off us. So that'll be fun. But, you know. <laughs> um, until then, we can uh, we can all live in hope and uh, eternal optimism. So there you go. Quick, we'll do quizzes. We'll do another one. Who was the first person to who scored the first goal at the Riverside? Uh, it was Craig Hignett. Oh yeah, good. In a two-nil win against Chelsea. Nice. Um, I remember, I remember uh, quite funny at the time in the fact that um, my my dad was incredibly pissed off at the fact that um, the Riverside Stadium had obviously only just been opened that summer, um, and in the weeks leading up to the game, the, there was talk of they might have to postpone it or push it back or something like that, as they couldn't get a safety certificate for the ground, and then he was like, and then my dad had great joy in sort of just like laughing at the fact that oh, classic Cleveland council or Middlesbrough City Council or Middlesbrough Town Council bloody hell supplying safety certificates to the to Middlesbrough when they've probably got a bloody hole in the ground or something like that whereas pools can't get one for love nor money <laughs> but um, obviously they, they, they got the safety certificate probably through absolutely 100% legitimate means uh, the game went ahead they won that sounds games. much like football to me perfectly <laughs> legitimate all the time um, yes that is that is all I have to bring to the table is there any uh, is there anything else anyone else would like to bring up I'll take that as a no in that case <laughs> all that's left for me to do is to thank these three lovely gentlemen for joining me once again to uh, discuss the week's happenings, shenanigans, and whatnot in the, uh, in the in the in the football world, in the, in the Premier League and the Championship. Join us again next week, where we'll break it all down and we'll go through it all again for you, lovely, lovely people. Well, until then, keep yourself safe. And we'll see you next week. Ta-ta for now. So there we go. What do you think, that? Plenty of football going on. Before you leave us, if you're not already subscribed, you could just click that button. And that's it. Done. You're a subscriber. Amazing. 
Also, please think about like, share, leave us a review. Drop us a little review. Five stars, obviously. Uh, yeah, uh, you can check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. That way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.